Blog Talk Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever met an actress who is a three-time Oscar nominee and a three-time Emmy nominee? Would you like to learn more about the early struggles actresses go through? And have you ever wanted to know about what it's like working in Hollywood? Can you imagine winning a Golden Globe or having a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Tell me, do you know what it takes to be an award-winning actress, director, producer, and author? Have you ever heard about two books called, one is called Spiraling Through the School of Life, I love the title. And the other book is A Bad Afternoon for a Piece of Cake. Another great title. Tell me, would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that we're looking for today? Now are you ready to learn how to be successful and how to survive in the entertainment business? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place, and I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today, I will be introducing you to my guest. She is a guest extraordinaire, and she will provide us with wonderful, informative, and inspirational lessons and some really, really great advice. I am pleased to announce that this show is now live on talk Media syndicated at iHeartRadio Talk with over 50 million listeners and Blog Talk Radio with over 1.8 million listeners. We are archived 24-7 for your listening pleasure. Also, LinkedIn announced that my profile was one of the top 5% most viewed last year. Now, let me tell you about my guest. She is an actress, director, writer, author, and producer and is a three-time Emmy and three-time Oscar nominee and the winner of 27 international awards, including the British Academy Award, the Independent Spirit Award, and the Eleanor Deuce Award. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show today, Diane Ladd. Hi, Diane. How are you doing? 
You know, January, that description that you just did was so fantastic that I thought to myself, I want to meet that person. I forgot it was me. I thought, oh, well, I, know. I need all to my, talk to her. Well, all my listeners have been looking forward to meeting you. We're very excited to have you Thank on you. the show today. You know, I My like privilege to- and my pleasure. Thank you. Well, I'd like to start the show off by going back to how your um, success story began. Share with us where you were born, and share with us who your first mentors were, Diane. Um, I was born in Mississippi, and my first mentors were my guardian angels. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my father was a veterinarian, Uh and uh, I came from a middle-of-the-road family, some of my family members were very wealthy, and some of my family members were extremely poor. And it was quite a circle of um, of uh, environment. Uh-huh. And some of them were good and wonderful people, and some of them really weren't at all. <laughs> but I traveled with my father, January, through four states in the South. But from the time of being very young, he'd take me sometimes with him. And it was fabulous. Um, I would go... Out with him, he'd go to farmers, and he'd help farmers with their livestock and their products and help them. A lot of the companies would take a percentage of all the money they made, whereas my daddy, for $1, could could cure 20 to 50, like, baby chicks of uh, cholera or roop. Now... You can't really go to a Hollywood party and talk about Kauri Roop, Soya, and White <laughs> Diarrhea. So I really feel like odd man out quite a few times. I bet, I bet. <laughs> now tell me a little bit about your mother, Mary Bernadette. What a beautiful name. And She, she was like a she lovely, was... genteel, very aristocratic, caring, delightful human being. Uh-huh. I want to finish one thing about my daddy, Preston. Okay. Um, when I traveled with him... He would also go, he would sell his products wholesale and retail as a veterinarian. Uh-huh. And traveling with him when I was so young, I, they would scream, here he comes, Lanier, right down the road. My original name was Lanier, okay. Rose Diane Ladnier, uh-huh. also called Ladner. And it was, Hollywood took my near and near away, okay? Yeah, they so sure did. <laughs> they certainly did. But uh, when I traveled with him, I saw children who, they didn't have a TV, forget it, they didn't even have a radio. Uh And I saw children who didn't have shoes to put on their feet. Uh And I'm talking about poverty. And I saw uh, Indians one time, a couple, cooking grass because they had nothing to eat. Uh And I knew then that something was terribly wrong in my beautiful country. Mm -hmm. And so at a very young age, I promised God if he would help me be a success, that I would spend my life working uh, to reflect the light or try to help his people. So that was my image with my first father's life reflected. He wanted me to be a lawyer, and Mm -hmm. I actually had a scholarship to study law after high school. Mm -hmm. But my life uh, turned me around. And uh, when I finished high school in three years, because it was such a small school, uh-huh. There were only uh, seven of us in my class. It was a Catholic school, oh, okay. and the Catholics and the Jews all went to the same school, and <laughs> yes. we gathered together. And so it was wonderful for an environmental point of view. Uh-huh. I learned so much, sure. and I learned about non-judgments, and I learned about 
people who cared and didn't have judgments and people who were selfish and scared and had judgments. Sure. So for an actress, for example, and a writer, yeah. it was a wonderful upbringing for me in the South. I love Mississippi, that sweet magnolia smelling state. <laughs> and uh, I spent a lot of time in New Orleans, my, also my sister well, now, state. Diane, share a little bit. This I was interested to read about your great-grandmother, Prudence Lanier, who is also Aunt Prudy and the mother of South Mississippi who delivered over 3,000 babies. <laughs> mm, that is correct. She um, she was wow. a little woman, five feet two. Her name was Prudence. They called her Aunt Prudy. Uh-huh. And when she was 15 years old, they didn't have any doctors around to help people. And she got in a horse and buggy and went to New Orleans and got all the books she could out of the library, and she stole them. She <laughs> came on back to Mississippi with all the books and uh-huh. became a midwife and uh, became... Um, an herbist and studied uh, healing arts with the Cherokee Indians. Okay. And before she died, she became a medical doctor. Oh, but wow. she she was an amazing woman. And like one time, we have a lot of snow in New York. Uh, in New York, hello, uh, in Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. I, I lived in New York for a long time, and we had a lot of snow. And okay. she would um, go by horseback to deliver the babies. And she was in a snowstorm, and the horse threw her, and she broke her leg. And she got back on that horse <laughs> and went and delivered that baby with a broken leg before she had her leg set. Oh my gosh! And I saw a lot of I saw a lot of health miracles in the South. I bet. And my right. father taught me that you have to believe in yourself and never give up as long as there's a breath in the body. So my hobby has been medicine. I have a couple of degrees. I'm not a doctor, but I've worked with doctors for over 20 to 30 years in hospitals. Mm-hmm. And that's what my book, my first book spiraling through the school of life is about a mental, physical, spiritual discovery and how to find your own miracles, which I did. And so it's in the book, and that book uh, you can order on my website, dianelad.com. Okay. And the money okay. from that book goes to fight for education for kids in this country. Oh, I gave wonderful. it to a 501c3, the Art and Culture Task Force, which I had set up to help children and arts and culture in this country. You know, for my listeners, uh, Diane's book, Sparling Through the School of Life, was published by Louise Hay, received 15 amazing endorsements from such notables as Stephen King, Marianne Williamson, Helen Thomas, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dean Ornish, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who's on the show all the time with me. I love him so much. I adore him. I love all those people (laughs) you just mentioned. (laughs) And former Congressman uh, Berkeley Bedell. It's a fantastic book, and we highly recommend it. Now, let's talk a little bit about what was it like to graduate from high school at 16, and then you were off to a finishing school in New Orleans. Tell us about that. We shall be nameless because it kind of almost finished me. Really? They had a addiction teacher with a worse accent than mine. <laughs> they wanted me to shave off my eyebrows and paint them on. Oh, no. They um, had me walking around with a book on my head. Uh-huh. And they uh, gave me a brassiere. It was the Jane Russell era. And they <laughs> okay. gave me a brassiere that you blow up with a straw. And if you go into dinner or something, I was rather flat-chested at that time. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. and you'd blow yourself up if you were leaking air while eating at dinner at a restaurant. You'd excuse yourself and go in the bathroom and take the straw and <laughs> blow yourself back up. 
<laughs> and they forgot to tell one young lady that you don't get on the airplane with that severe on. <laughs> and she blew up, literally. Oh, that's <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that is a fantastic story. So then uh, you had uh, you turned down the opportunity to study law with a scholarship at LSU. And well, I, I, I turned it down only because I think my angels did it, really, uh-huh. honestly. I am very spiritual in that area. And uh, I was doing a little theater play, and uh, Georgia Simmons, a great actress who's from Georgia, had been in Fellini's Eight and a Half, that movie in Italy, Mm -hmm, and she mm -hmm. was doing a play with John Carradine, and they were rebuilding the sets for San Francisco, and she went home on her time off to Georgia, and on the way back, stopped to see a friend for two or three days in New Orleans, Uh and her friend had tickets to the little community theater, and the mm. friend was going to throw them away. She said, I don't want to go to a community theater. And mm-hmm. Georgia said, I do. I love theater. Let's go. <laughs> and she came. And who does she see but yours truly? Uh-huh. And she was doing this play, Tobacco Road, with John Carradine, David and Keith's father. Right. And the girl playing Pearl was going to leave the play. She was from New Jersey. But catch this. She was going to marry a Mississippi boy and become a housewife. Oh, my God. It's like we exchange lives. So <laughs> she called Carradine and said, I found the girl to replace Pearl. And he sent me a train ticket, not a plane ticket, a train ticket. And my father gave me $25 to put in my pocket to go audition and come right back. And he come said, right girl, back. when that money's gone, you come home. Uh-huh. And he stood at the train. He and my mother, his chin was quivering as he was crying. Uh-huh. And Diane Ladd took off on the Sunset yeah. Limited. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, Diane, we're going to take a break and hear from some of our sponsors. And when we come back, we want to talk about, uh, I, I want to hear more about your angels and how they've affected your life. And then we'll talk about what it was like to be a COPA girl. We'll be right back with Diane Ladd. Do you want to learn how to live into your dreams? One door closes. Overcoming Adversity by Following Your Dreams. The new book by Tom Ingracia and Jared Kredimsky captures the thought-provoking stories of 16 people from all walks of life who have triumphed over adversity to achieve their goals. Plus, you'll get 10 self-assessment tools to design your own blueprint for success. Unlock your true potential. Fulfill your dreams. Be inspired. One Door Closes is available from Amazon.com. Everyone deserves a happy life. Life is supposed to be fun. Your life is supposed to feel good, and you're meant to feel happiness in your life and to satisfy your dreams. And you can. Because the only reason anyone wants anything or does anything is that they think they will feel better in the having of it or the doing of it. They think they will feel better in the experiencing of it. Coming soon, a website where you can learn more on how you can have the life you deserve at afeelgoodworld.com. Welcome back with my guest, Diane Ladd, actress, director, writer, author, and producer. Diane, let's talk a little bit. You mentioned that the angels are in your life. When were you first aware that the angels were there for you? I was always aware of it, always. Always, always. I wanted to share one quick thing with you Uh also. Uh, We were talking about that train ride on the Sunset Limited. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I have in my lifetime, this time, I have been working on a film 
about Watergate and the late Martha Mitchell. Uh And that all came to me when I was in Washington starring in a play at the Kennedy Center. Mm -hmm. It it, it happened the same 24-hour period that Martha Mitchell died in 1976. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And then I met Helen Thomas, the reporter, Mm. and Mari Povich and some other people. Mm-hmm. And I got involved in a film, a project. I bought books about the late Martha Mitchell, who I think helped save our country. Uh-huh. She was a beat-up, held prisoner, yeah. <laughs> for three days kidnapped, and that's not supposed to happen in this country. Right. <laughs> and she was given a shot of an unknown substance. So I've worked on this project for over a quarter of a century now. Oh, my gosh. And, of wow. course, um, well, the great Richard Attenborough told me he took him 35 years to get Gandhi made. Okay. And Warren Beatty told me it took 12 years to get uh, Bonnie and Clyde made, and that had everything they wanted, the violence and the killing and all that stuff. Sure. So I've been working on this film about Martha Mitchell and her husband, John Mitchell, and mm-hmm. it has about Watergate, and it has Nixon in it. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, well, I've been beating my brains out all this time. I've had a couple deals that, that fell through. Uh-huh. And then... Just recently, this year, because of Argo and Lincoln and all, the great Martin Scorsese oh, and his okay. producer, his producer read my script uh-huh. and said it's the best screenplay she's read in 20 years. Oh, wonderful. She said it's like another Gone with the Wind. I wrote it 14 uh-huh. times. And she <laughs> said that when Marty's through marketing, when they're through with uh, setting up the Wolf of Wall Street, uh-huh. that she's going to go out and she and Marty going to try to get me my money. Uh-huh. to direct and star in my film. Oh, my gosh. That's exciting. But it goes back. Sometimes you wonder, did mm-hmm. I choose this or did someone else? Is mm-hmm. this part of a destiny that was laid out before me? Mm-hmm. Because my connection with Martha is very uh, paranormal and spiritual and all kinds of things. And you go back. When I went on that Sunset Limited train, Mm-hmm. There was only one person, other person, in the train um, car that I was in, this Uh, elder woman. Okay. And she looked over at me and said, come over here and talk to me. Uh I thought she was terrific. I did. She was a Quaker lady. Uh Uh-huh. And she said, what's a pedal-leaf girl of 16 doing on this train alone? (laughs) And we talked, and I offered to buy her breakfast out of my $25. (laughs) Okay. Because she told me how she had struggled and, and, and washed clothes and scrubbed floors to send her kids to college. Uh-huh. I thought she was fabulous. Yeah. And so I invited her for breakfast, and she said, okay. But then she told me she had a berth on the train that she set up because she liked to talk to people. Okay. She said she'd come get me the next morning. Well, I was planning to pay her breakfast out of my little $25. And she shook my shoulder and said, come with me. And we went through car to car to car till we got to a private car with oh. a beautiful table with a lace cloth and crystal and all set up. And oh. there was this man with her in a blue suit. And she said, honey, have whatever you want for breakfast because it's on the railroad. <laughs> well, my God, I, my, my tithing, my graciousness had come back to me tenfold. Right. And I sat down and I had strawberries, waffles, everything you could eat. That man kept looking at me like I was a camel. Because <laughs> I thought if I eat a lot now, I won't have to eat the rest of the day. I can save some money. Yeah, yeah. And they kept talking about her son, who'd been this vice president and all. And finally, it came clear that her son had been my vice president of the United States of America. It was Nixon's mother. Oh, my God. So Mrs. Nixon became my friend. 
Wow. Okay, and, and 40 years later, I'm about to get this movie made. Oh. This and so this isn't the only thing that happened that was so weird connected to Nixon in this picture. Yeah. Uh, there was other big tie-ins until you wonder, did I think I'm doing all this? Is somebody, uh, somebody else on the other side doing this? So I just want to tell you, that Sunset Limited took me a long way. It sure the did. The lady had and told me she lived in Whittier, and she gave me her phone number, wanted me to come visit her, and a whole bunch of things. Anyway, I've also written a book. The screenplay is called Woman Inside. Okay, Woman Inside. And you're going to love it. Oh, But I I've written a book like. about these, these uh, over 25 years, about Martha and me, and uh -huh. how it has affected my whole life. And I just finished the rewrite, the eighth rewrite yesterday, as mm -hmm. a matter of fact, January. Oh, so now I'm going to try to get it to a publisher and see what we do. And the book is called Interrupted Destiny. Oh, I love that title. The film is about Moth and John. It's totally different. But the book is like half of it's my autobiography, while how I was led and my life changed by Martha mm -hmm. Mitchell. Yeah, and it was and her on the other side of the veil leading me. It's, it, it is all true and very unbelievable. It's a very interesting connection, and you know, lately, Diane, I've been doing a series of uh, interviews on people with paranormal experiences, people who see angels, talk to angels. It's been just fascinating, and I'm I bet it has because nearly everybody has, and they don't talk about it. I've had several. Yeah, well, now people sure. are starting to talk about it. Before mm -hmm. we go on, let me ask you a question. Sure. What are your thoughts on reincarnation? I definitely believe in reincarnation. I believe that so we're all part of God, like mm -hmm. little gods in school, and most of us are still in kindergarten. Very few graduate. <laughs> and um, I just I think that it takes a lot of time to, to evolve. Sure. You know, and I I, I believe that um, we are all equal, one way or another. If you look down on somebody, you're tall, and you laugh at people who are short. Next time, you're going to be short, mm -hmm. etc. Okay. I think you go through many races and religions and experiences to evolve. It's like a glass blower putting a glass in a, in a kilt to heat it, to make it perfect. And he takes it out and shapes it, and then he has to put it back in the oven until it's ready. Right. I think we have to go in more than once to get ready. And I believe in reincarnation because I actually know some of my own past lives. Oh. I really do. And uh, it's uh -huh. been proven to me by people who've walked up and said, Look, I know you're from a past life of Chibitukabunga, and I already have written about it, you know? So, I do. Yes, I do. And, you know, there's a chapter in the Vatican, in the basement, that talks about past lives. And they oh, really? took it out of the Bible because uh -huh. they figured, well, people will think, well, I can make up for that in my past life. No, not really. It doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> no, I can so, see why they took it out. It was probably going to be bad for business. <laughs> bad for business. There you go. Well, I believe that every piece of pie gets paid for one way or another. Mm -hmm. And I think the good deeds and the kindnesses you do, they do not go unrewarded. Right. I right. really do believe in the spiral of life. That's why I call my book Spiraling Through Life, you know. Yes. But and I'm... I'm hoping that when we read Interrupted Destiny, you'll be sharing all these things with your fans. I have shared a lot. I actually was told by one publishing house that if I would take off Martha and just do my autobiography, they would give me a whole bunch of money. And I said, I sure would like to have that money. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what this, that's not what this is about. Yeah. This is You're... called Interrupted Destiny because 
Her destiny was interrupted. Right. My destiny has been interrupted. And mm-hmm. I promise you, your destiny was interrupted. If we had listened to Martha, because she knew it all, if mm-hmm. we listened to her, the banks and Wall Street would never have been able to abscound with all our money like they did. Yeah, yeah. We are in horrible financial trouble, and they absconded with trillions. And she was such an amazing, brave woman because she was really uh, backed into a corner. She was up against the establishment. Absolutely. What she, what she did was brave. It was unheard of at that time. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a truth teller. And they yeah. called her the Cassandra of Watergate. <laughs> there was so much, uh, so much uh, admiration for this great human being. She did so much for people. And she came from a very modest background. Her father had left them when she was young, mm-hmm. and she had to move in with her grandmother on the other side of the track. She is an amazing, an amazing woman. And well, funny, oh, my gosh, what a sense of humor. Yeah. Well, you so that's my that. main projects that I'm working on now in my life. But <laughs> no, uh, in the meantime, I'm all excited, as you know, about heading toward the the uh, festival in New Orleans again well, we're for Tennessee gonna t- Williams. We're going to take a break, and when we come back with uh, wonderful Diane Ladd, we're going to talk about uh, her cousin, Tennessee Williams, and what she is going to be doing in New Orleans this month. We'll be right back with Diane Ladd. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems, people who have fearlessly shared their stories, their struggles, and their successes, people who have priceless personalities. In my new book, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, I am honored to be able to share with you people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, starting over, self-esteem, and workplace issues. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They will amaze, amuse, and even astonish you. You will adore getting to meet them at Amazon.com. My book is now available, two-for-one, paperback and Kindle editions. Are you a fitness professional, a trainer, or a coach? Would you like consistent and timely updates on your team's performance? We have a completely customizable app that can give you real-time information via the internet or your handheld phone. Track the performance of your client's progress with their physical fitness regimen. Track team members' performance or schedule a workout session. Meet up at the gym, on the bike trail, or wherever your physical activities take you. The app is called Socially Fit or SoFit and can be found on the iTunes Store. Look for the blue socially fit icon. When combined with data analysis capabilities, you not only feel the effects of your fitness routine, you also see the graphical progress of your results. The app makes the complex simple, so that more of your time is spent sculpting your physique with less time tracking your results with old-fashioned pen and paper. Download it today to begin a new year with data to show your progress in meeting your goals. Are you socially fit? 
Well, I hope you all are socially fit. I know I intend to become socially fit this year. I'm happy to welcome back a truly priceless personality on our show today. We're visiting with Diane Ladd, and she has some, and actually her cousin was Tennessee Williams, and she will be in New Orleans in March. Diane, could you share a little bit about the Tennessee Williams Festival with my listeners? I can, I can. They have about a thousand writers showing up. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's what they're telling me. Uh-huh. And um, they have uh, different uh, things that happen every day. I don't know the schedule. I'm sure they could call a Chamber of Commerce or get the Tennessee Williams Festival. But my, I'm going to be signing books, selling my own book, uh, mm-hmm. "Bad Afternoon for a Piece of Cake," <laughs> which I'm pleased. I'm pleased to say, January it got incredible reviews. Oh, it did. Great, it um, did. Yeah, the great Rex Reed. Here is here is a uh, it's www.tennesseewilliams.net. Okay. So they can go there and pull it up. And um, I'm going to be doing my book signing on Saturday, um, March the twenty what the twenty second. Okay. At four p.m. from four for an hour and a half. Uh-huh. I'll be talking some, and there's a great gentleman interviewing me. Uh, I'm going to be at the Queen Anne Ballroom at the Hotel Monteleon because the Monteleon is where Tom stayed, and they have a room there set aside that they don't rent out, which is just in memory of him with his picture and everything. Oh, my gosh, how wonderful. Now, your relationship with him as a cousin, how close were you, and did you see a lot of Just a third cousin. Third cousin. Just a third cousin. However, as fate would have it, Uh we did each other a favor. Really? This young Diane at 17 went to um, New York mm-hmm. and did um, his play, um, Off His Descending, for the Equity Library Theater for no money. I actually uh-huh. uh, turned down a little part in a Broadway show and worked at night in order, well, I was a Copa girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, thank God. <laughs> and that was where I gave me the money to live off of because my father had gotten very ill, was very sick in the hospital at the time, and actually a partner of his stole all his money. Oh, dear. And he was left destitute. So uh-huh. it's weird the test that you get along the path of life, which we all know. Nobody gets off scot-free. Right. And right. so it gave me courage and stamina and the ability to believe in myself. And so what happened is we ended up taking the play off Broadway. Okay. And... um but they weren't going to let us because 20th Century Fox was doing the movie. So I called him up and said, I'm your cousin. Let's put this on in the, in the, in the, in the director's kitchen for you. So we did, and I was in the kitchen mixing a big batch of gin and on lemonade to serve everybody. Even at 17, I had some good sense, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so Tom gave us permission to do the play, and he had tried to make this play a hit for 20 years. Oh. Uh, it had been on Broadway. It had been with Miriam Hopkins. Uh, Shumlin directed it on Broadway. It had never made it, uh-huh. and it made it. Our production made it, so help me. Oh. Uh, it was a big, huge hit off-Broadway, and yours truly got incredible reviews, and that was my entrance into New York. So Tom really helped me. And you helped him. Well, something very weird happened. Uh, one day he said to me, Diane, how you like my play? And I said, I love your play, Tom, but the ending's a little wrong. 
Oh, oh he I, said, you think so? <laughs> I was very naive. Yeah. And I said, yeah. He said, well, why don't you write it? I said, okay. <laughs> and I went and changed the ending, and he used it. Oh, you're he kidding. He used it, I swear oh, to you, yes. That's, oh, he that's the only He's the only playwright that the great Lorette Taylor, who starred in his play, Glass Menagerie, mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. are two versions of the Glass Menagerie. Mm-hmm. One is his writing, and the mm-hmm. other is Glass Menagerie with Miss Lorette Taylor's ad-libs. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's quite a writer who would give an actress credit for her ad-libs. Oh, that's adorable. I love that. Isn't that story. cute? He was that... a wonderful human yeah. being, and I loved him very much. Oh, if I'd come to New York, he'd take me to the theater, and uh-huh. he was very kind to me, very kind, always very encouraging. He tried to get me a lead part right after that in a play, but they'd already cast Jane Fonda. Oh, you're kidding. No, oh, I forget which play that was. I can't yeah. remember. Now, but, well, now, t- Diane, share with yeah. our listeners, uh, how old were you when you went to Hollywood? Oh, or... I'm not telling all that. Oh, no, no. We don't need to know. <laughs> I was, I, I, let me just tell you this, honest to God. I swear to you, on my breath, <laughs> that they have made me almost 10, 8 to 10 to 12 years older on the IMDb. Oh, and okay. I cannot get them change to change it. <laughs> I got a lawyer and everything, and I can't. So let me just say that it got me a lot of older parts in my life, (laughs) you know. And then, of course, you went to Hollywood, and uh, you and your first husband and your daughter, you all had uh, um, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. What was that like? That was pretty fabulous. Yeah, Um, special, huh? My ex-husband, Bruce, and Laura, my daughter, Uh and myself, right there on Hollywood Boulevard, we're the only, it, we made sh- show business history. It's my third time making show business history. Okay. We made show business history by being the only father, daughter, mother with their stars, so they put us all together. Oh, I love it. That's great. It was, it was quite an experience. It was, um, it was very, it was very, it, it was something, one of those things you live off of for the rest of your life. Oh, sure. Our memories, you know, we must never forget our memories. They're yeah. our true joy. They're, they're our, really our rewards in life. Now tell me, what was the first time you made history and the second time? Um, well, let's see. I made history. Uh, I made history by being the only woman to direct her ex-husband in a film. Okay. <laughs> so I say, ladies, if you want revenge, direct your ex-husband. But that's a joke. I hired Bruce because he's one of the greatest actors who ever lived, in my opinion. He and is. he can do tragedy and comedy, and he can look young, and he can look old. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I needed. It's a film called Mrs. Monk. It went all over Europe and won me three best uh, director awards, and it was selected by ten, not one, but ten international festivals. Oh, and it wow. co-opened the Edinburgh Scotland Festival, for example. Mm-hmm. But um, the producers double-crossed me here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned to really read the little writing in a contract that they sold it out to Showtime, unbeknownst to me, and I had three offers to sell it for theatrical film, and they wouldn't lower the price. You can't sell it for that price if they've already sold it to TV. Sure, sure. So then they turned around and put me up against the Super Bowl to show it on Showtime. (laughs) And I fooled them. Rex Reed did a whole full page about the fact that Diane Ladd took a hunk out of the Super Bowl audience. How do you like that one? I love that one. That's one. one. <laughs> and then the other time was when my daughter and I starred 
in Rambling Rose together. Oh, okay. And I'm the mother who said to her, no, don't be an actress. Be a lot <laughs> a missionary. Be anything but not an actress. But she wouldn't listen to me. She, out, she outsmarted me. Yeah. And when I saw her talent, uh-huh. I knew that this soul had chosen me to come through me. I believe right. that our children come not from us, but through us. They come from God, mm-hmm. and they are their own souls. And I was so unbelievably, couldn't believe that this soul had chosen me, and I saw the talent and the gift, yeah. and I was mind-boggled. Yeah. And we love to work with each other. And mm-hmm. that film, Rambling Rose, two things. We made history as the only mother and daughter in the history of show business to both be nominated for Oscars for the same movie uh, in the same film in the same year. You've had uh, Judy Garland and her daughter Eliza both have been nominated. Mm -hmm. And you've Mm -hmm. had Goldie Hawn and her daughter Kate Hudson both nominated. We're the third, but we got nominated for the same picture and in the same year. And so that was a three-time history Uh making so doesn't same. get any better than that, does it? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it probably will get better. Oh, I hope your, so. With your Martha movie, I think that's good. Yeah, be that's the one. That's my destiny project. That's it. Okay. God, just yeah. let me live to do that and share that with mankind mm-hmm. because it's so important. It really well, and is. I, I think it's a wonderful thing that uh, mankind, and especially womankind, I think women need to know the history of what actually went on, and they need to know about some of the women who were so brave and stood up to the system. You know, we're going to take a break and hear from okay. some sponsors, and then we'll be right back with Diane Ladd. Okay. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Whine at Amazon.com. What is AATH? The Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor is a nonprofit, member driven international community of humor and laughter professionals and enthusiasts. AATH provides its members the education, cutting edge resources, and supportive community they need to excel in the practice and promotion of healthy humor. AATH welcomes anyone who is interested in learning more about the application and benefits of therapeutic humor. Members include scholars, psychologists, counselors, nurses, social workers, physicians, educators, clergy, hospital clowns, and many others who incorporate humor in their life and work. AATH was created to disseminate information about humor and laughter, laughter play in well-being, provide a caring, supportive community of humor professionals and enthusiasts. Check out our AATH at www.aath.org today. 
Welcome back with my guest, Diane Ladd, award-winning actress, director, producer, and author. Diane, share with us a little January, bit. January, of- let, me, let me give you a compliment before you go on okay. complimenting me, which you're so gracious and prone to do. Golly knows. <laughs> your bio, yourself, your accomplishments, your own personality, your own positive energy, your own joy that you exude right through the radio is fantastic. I really want to tell you that, and it's it's not all that common, I'm sorry to say. And it's just a fabulous, and I'm really, thank you for your graciousness, and I really enjoy being your guest today. Well, I'm loving it, too. And you know, Diane, I'm, uh, I just turned 70 this year. When's your birthday? Month and day. I don't want the year. Oh, August 18th. Oh, and- you're a Leo. You're the same day as Shelly Winters. Well, there you go. <laughs> she was a treasure. She was a national treasure, and she uh, she wrote a play off Broadway that I starred in with the great Robert De Niro. Oh, fantastic! fantastic. And she was my daughter's godmother. She became my very treasured friend and my Laura Dern's godmother. Oh my goodness, how wonderful! And she taught me a lot. Oh, you people are amazing. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> no I wonder have, you're so fabulous. Well, I have found my passion, and my passion is uh, radio. My passion is helping other people share their success stories, uh, mm. their struggles. And, you know, no one just wakes up successful. For everyone, no, it's, it's a long, long journey. And uh, it's been an honor to have you on the show and share you Thank with you. my listeners. Now, let me ask you a little bit about when you uh, got your uh, Golden uh, Globe for the television show, Alice. How was that? What was that like working on that show? I loved that show. I, I, I never missed it. It was so fabulous. Well, now, let me tell you something. I walked into that show. First of all, originally I was offered that television series. And being of artistic mind, uh-huh. I don't know, sometimes they say when God said, passed out the brains, I thought he said rain and went under the roof, <laughs> that kind of thing. Because I was all about being artistic and going back to New York for the art. Uh-huh. The art doesn't pay very much, you know. Right. <laughs> so I went back to New York, and then I did a Broadway show, and then it broke my heart because it was a hit, and it closed only because it was tied to two other plays. It was one of the great tragedies of my life. Mm-hmm. And so I came back to stand in unemployment. It was just unbelievable. After my first Oscar nomination and winning that off the British Academy Award, yeah. To go through all this success with a standing ovation every night in a full house, to have that play close mm-hmm. because you couldn't run unless you tied off the paid off the losses of the other two plays oh, that yeah. the playwright had written, and I didn't know they had done that. I had turned down a lead role opposite Steve McQueen <laughs> to do the play for a lot of money to do this play for very little money, very and nice. I turned down the series. I was dumb with a capital D. Or maybe I was just being divine, who knows, with art. Mm-hmm. But I came back, and Marcy Carsey, who did the Cosby Show, offered mm-hmm. me my own series and tried to put it together, and it was impossible. My two writers, one of them was an alcoholic, and I kept running down to the drug tank in <laughs> lower L.A. to get him out, and the other, his partner, hated women. Okay. So I, I was doomed before I began. Right. <laughs> and I got offered that show. Uh-huh. And um, I met with Linda Lavin, and mm-hmm. it, she just enticed me to do it, saying, mm-hmm. you know, life is so hard and all that. And then 
Uh, I joined them, and that first show, I didn't know about ratings. In those days, the networks got pretty big ratings, you know? Sure, yeah. And their rating was uh, $35 million a week. Oh, my god! And they've been on a year, year and a half. Uh-huh. And Polly Holiday, who was fabulous, was playing the role of Flo that I had created in the film. Mm-hmm. They spun her off, and they brought me on. And I heard that the two actresses weren't getting along with each other at all, like a shark and a goldfish. <laughs> and that the set was a mess, and the producers and Warners all lied to me. They said, no, there's no truth to that. There was a lot of truth to it. I'm sorry. A yeah. lot of truth. Right. And so I came on very naive and very positive. And um, the first show that I joined, uh, everybody was thrilled because I had my own following from a soap opera I had done in New York. Uh-huh. And their wow. rating jumped from my first show because it was in all the papers from uh-huh. 35 million to 75 million viewing audience. Unbelievable. The very first night I joined them. That's right. Wow. They didn't give me a gold star or nothing for that. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, yep. And then after the first six weeks later, I won that Golden Globe, and it was the first award that the show had won. And I thought everybody would be so happy for me. And And I am very sorry and still sad to say Mm -hmm. that that night they wouldn't sit with me and my fellow actors, not Big Tay back, but my two starring ladies, Uh wouldn't talk to me, wouldn't sit with me. The -hmm. next day they didn't talk to me and they treated me very badly and I was brokenhearted. I think it's called jealousy. I don't know what it's called, but I was miserable. Yeah, the green eyes monsters. The green eyed monster because these were two yeah. really talented ladies, Women, yeah. and I couldn't believe it because I thought, how do we expect the United Nations to get along if a couple of little actors can't get along? Yeah. I thought it was wrong conduct. I couldn't do anything about it. And then my, every week when they had the read through, I start being sent on publicity gigs, mm-hmm. and all the good lines, all the secretaries came to me and said, "You're being treated wrong." Miss yeah. Lather stealing your good lines. This wasn't mm-hmm. fair, and it wasn't right. And I brought them my following. I brought them my success. Sure. And I don't know all that went on. I don't know what had been done to these ladies before. Mm-hmm. I hope they've changed since then because they were wonderful talents. Yeah. And I was pretty brokenhearted. So after a year and a half of this misery, mm-hmm. um, you left. I mean, they wouldn't go to lunch with me or anything. It was crazy. It was like high school, bad high school. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. So I said, I'm leaving. They were and, very, um, very unprofessional. Well, that's up to them. But Warner said, you can't leave. We have a contract. <laughs> and I said, you're not treating me right. You're not treating me right. You're not keeping your promises to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you do not, if you do not let me go, I will go out on the street and meet the first gentleman I can meet and say, hello, sailor, and I will get pregnant. And you will have to let me go. <laughs> and the head of Warner said, I think you really want to leave, don't you, darling? <laughs> Yeah. So they let me go. And I probably could be very rich today if I had stayed really rich. Yeah. But I'd probably be an old alcoholic on top of the hill. (laughs) And you'd probably be pregnant by a sailor. (laughs) By a sailor, for sure. For sure. I mean, probably not. It was just talk, you know. But that told him that I was pretty miserable and pretty brokenhearted. I I, I was just Mm -hmm. so sad, so sad that we could not... Stick up for our own. I mean, as human beings, that's we can't just, we can't do that. That's just some bad. So I went on my karma. way. Well, honey, if I hadn't gone on my way, I might not have ever gotten my second Oscar nomination. 
There you go. For David Lynch's Wild at Heart and Rambling Rose. So, <laughs> it you all know, works out. I hope so. Yeah. We, can, we make choices in life, and we go where they take us. I think that if you make a mistake, it's okay, because you always say shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's okay as long as you don't invade somebody else's space and hurt them. Right. I think when you invade somebody else's space, especially intentionally, I think that's what I call bad karma. Okay. Either because somebody was drunk and they hit somebody with a car, or because of their own lack of responsibility or out of evil intent. I think those are the horrendous things in life. I think those are what causes wars, and I think it starts with the little wars inside each one of us. Oh, Diane, thank you so much for sharing some time with us. It's been wonderful. I know you have to get to the studio. Thank you so much, and I hope you will come back and visit with us again because we'll Well, right now I'm heading out to Tennessee Williams for the March 22nd to sign those books, come on over to the Monteleone. But when I get my movie made or when my book is published, I'd love to come back on your show, January. Thank you, and I'll look forward to having you back. And if you get out my way... Uh, okay. Come on and visit. The be- the door is open, the bed's made, and the food's on the table. Sounds great. I'll be there. Okay. All <laughs> right. And I'm going to ask all of your listeners to please say a prayer for my film, Woman Inside. Okay. And I appreciate look, that a whole bunch. We okay? will look forward to promoting it when it comes out. Thank you, Diane Ladd. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here with you today. God bless you. Bye-bye. You Bye-bye. To my wonderful listeners, we hope you've enjoyed our show today with the famous Diane Ladd. My upcoming guests are all exciting, eclectic, and energizing, just like Diane. This is a show where you hear inspiring information that will help you to become successful, too. We love sharing our stories, our struggles, and our secrets for success. It's our hope we can encourage all of you to emulate our guests. Remember my mantra. If you think it, then you can do it. So for now, dear friends, please stop with the whining and then start smiling and then start sharing our show with everyone you know. And if that doesn't work, start eating chocolate. Lots and lots of chocolate. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.